0: Server Central. Central. Welcome to Server Central, a podcast about anything tech, produced by the students of the tech classes at Farmington High School. And now it's Server Central.
1: Central.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Server Central, the 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 podcast about anything tech, brought to you by the Networking Two class of Farmington High. Today we are we are joined by Mr. A, along with your standard crew of Austin and. You know, the Ginger North. <laughs> I saw it for
0: a second there you forgot my name. I was like, oh, come on. No,
2: no, I didn't.
0: He was trying to come up with a nickname. Yes. Uh-huh.
2: But we have a special guest today, Mr. Argot Singer.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, guys. No problem. It is a pleasure. Mm-hmm.
2: Today we are talking about analog and digital computers.
3: Which to... I would you, if I recall, was a very uh, well
1: known topic for Mr. A, right? I wouldn't say well-known. I'm not, I'm not uh, an expert <laughs> by any means, but, but I've had experience in a little bit of both of them, sure. Oh, that's good.
2: Well, to start off with, I want to talk about something called, or someone called Charles Babbage For a history lesson, he is the father of modern computing, just because of a device called the Analytical Engine. It is essentially a standard general purpose computer that was seven meters long, three meters tall. And did everything a digital computer could do with gears. It was fully clockwork, wow, fully,
3: fully mechanical.
2: Sadly, it was never built.
0: Oh, so he only patented it. He never made it.
2: He patented it. It was never built, but he built its predecessor, being the um, uh, the difference engine. It was called the difference engine. It was made mm. to like um, calculate. It was made to calculate basic parabolas. Just so you didn't have to do it by hand or do about five calculations a minute.
0: So he basically made
1: the calculator. F- Pretty much. Five calculations a minute? Mm-hmm. Whoa. That's fast.
2: <laughs> it, it is for that time, and it was just someone doing a crank.
1: Right. They yeah. I mean,
3: that's faster in terms of, like, making a parabola, because if you ever tried to do it handheld oh, or it off of calculation, it is... Nightmarish yeah, it, Yes, it, it absolutely sucks. is <laughs> It's fun to do, like, if you know what you're doing But, uh, no, it's it's definitely time-consuming
2: Well, I mean, for a digital computer, it's not hard to do Because it's just adding, you know, basic things It's, it's just adding, you know, the ones and zeros of binary, right? Oh, well, yeah, it's a binary mm-hmm. computer Yeah
3: Well, kind of It's mechanical, it's not digital But it's binary in the sense of, like, ones and zeros on and off
2: Exactly. But with the analog computer, instead of doing like digital calculations, what it does is it literally has a physical representation of the equation and graphs it out. Like mm-hmm. every single one of, of Babbage's computers would always have a printer. A built-in so it, printer. Yes, just so it could print out the, uh, the sheet. Was it like a continuous scroll, kind of like a um, seismograph? The Think Adding machine.
0: So basically think of those really old calculators with all those massive gears where you press it in and you start hearing it click and whatnot. You mean like a typewriter? (laughs) Yeah, except it's like the size of your hand. So a typewriter. Or a little bit bigger.
2: For this one, it was like the size of two hands, and it would only print it out when the equation was done.
0: So you would hear it like clicking and basically doing the calculations through the gears and whatnot, and then it Mm. would print it out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Although I think this one actually did it as the machine was running, but it only printed out once per calculation. So it wouldn't be like, you know, a typewriter where, well, I mean, I guess it would be kind of like a typewriter. But it didn't have like uh, like letters. Uh huh. It was just a pencil on a paper.
3: Yes. Just <laughs> nice. plotting
2: out the graph. So literally a seismograph, but not. Kind of. I mean, shoot, analytical computers are used for a lot of things. Yes. Uh, I mean, one of the first ones was used to predict, changing in tides oh yeah i completely forgot about Hmm. that one
3: well about like um about like mechanical versus or sorry digital versus analog what about um the the progression from that what came after the analytical engine is that what it what it was
2: yeah the analytical engine was never built but oh sorry after that uh stuff stuff started blossoming in world war ii Mm. especially concerning digital but Typically, analog computers were used for targeting systems, like for AA for AA guns, bombing sites, um, mortars, stuff like that.
3: I believe the Bofors was one of the first to do that, actually.
2: Yes, and then the um, then the US started making advancements in theirs, building these giant computers.
3: And the Russians stayed purely mechanical throughout all of the war.
2: Yeah, people you who were saying they were superior English.
3: in tech were
0: just wrong. Yeah, arguably wrong. So that raises the question: When did we get the analytical wristwatch, or Even analog like mechanical?
2: Wristwatch? Oh, the mechanical watch. I don't think that falls under. Um, I don't think that falls under computing. Well, if if it was a calculator, it would because that was one of the first analytical computers.
3: Yeah, because it's like a it's a timekeeping device, but it's not. It's not going to do, like, your
0: math homework for you.
1: It is digital, though. I mean, we're still talking dig- digital versus analog, and that yes. is a form mm-hmm. of analog.
0: Especially with the yeah. new yeah, smartwatches true. and whatnot.
1: Right?
2: Oh, the, the smartwatches, okay, there are two different forms of, a of like, a wristwatch. Yes. There is a mechanical wristwatch, which will be purely based on gearing and, a, and like, a large mainspring and a barrel. Just providing the power.
3: Yes. We'll let, we'll let the actual clock worker uh, talk about this.
2: <laughs> yes. Um, or
3: whatever you guys are called.
2: Uh, the, that is a mechanical watch. Mm-hmm. There is also a um, – it's it's technically called a quartz clock, but it's an electric watch.
0: Yeah. It uses the quartz to gain its energy, basically condensing it and then letting it shape yes. out, which creates an, like electricity, which That's is really right. interesting considering it's a rock.
2: Yeah. Like it pumps it pumps electricity into it, takes the frequency out of that, and uses that as the seconds.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. that's why there's some of the most accurate watches.
1: Yeah, clock clockworker horologist. Is that Whoa. what they're called? Yeah. Oh, huh. I was I was
2: just called them clocksmiths.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, technically, that is what you would call someone that makes clocks. Watch a worker. clocksmith.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, watchmaker. 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 Make me a watch.
3: <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. One of those. <laughs> But um, on but, that topic, uh, oh no, I just lost my train of thought. We,
0: we were talking about
3: quartz watches. Quartz right. watch, yes. Um, the crystal, I think. So, um, what I've always wondered about, like a mechanical watch is what's the difference
2: between a uh, an automatic and a wound? Um, a wound watch, you have to manually wind the mainspring via the crown and and the keyless. What's the crown? Uh, uh,
0: that little like divot thing on the side of the watch.
2: That cr- Yeah, the crown is that... T- oh, like, the like spinning- Ronnie is
0: demonstrating to me right now.
2: Yeah. Yes. The <laughs> thing he has his hand on is the crown. Yes, that little you. thing. For a mechanical watch, it's connected to a... kind of. It's connected to a device called the keyless. Or, you know, the the key, whatever.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: When you wind it, if you pull it out, it'll start sitting the hands. If you push it in, it'll wind the mainspring. Mm. For an automatic... That mainspring is either wound via the crown, just in case, you know, you don't move your arm, or by a rotor connected to a second gearing mechanism that whenever you move your hand, the rotor will spin and it'll translate directly to winding of the mainspring. Oh.
0: Yeah. Great for those that are constantly doing physical labor.
2: Most Rolexes will have an automatic. As they
3: should, because for the price you're paying for those dang things, you better better expect the best i won't buy a
1: rolex (laughs) but you know you're talking about all that stuff going back to the 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 first machine kind of computer that babbage made which had to be pumped by hand you know people are moving these gears it's the same thing even with grandfather clocks are the same way you have the weights that you have to pull up and then as they as the gravity pulls them down that's what keeps the clock moving and then when they get near the end you have to rewind them and do it again and you have to do that constantly or then the the clock just stops yeah yep. that's yeah. that's what
2: he used on his difference engine the analytical engine on the other hand was supposed to be powered by a steam engine supposed to be Makes like sense. a large steam engine this thing took up a city block <laughs> I'm, but the entire thing was cool because it had ram it had a cpu which was called the mill and it had, like, short-term memory. It even took in command cards that would, you know, lead it to bring stuff from memory.
3: Nice. It was really cool. I would have loved to see something like that built even now. Because as, as super complex as that would have been, imagine what we could do if we built something like that now
2: with all of, like, our, our CNC machines and stuff. That'd be impressive, but it'd take a lot of copper. Um <laughs> But on that, there are, if I remember correctly, there are two, there are two working models of, uh, of the Difference Engine. Um, I would love to talk about this further, but we are going to go on break for a little bit. When we come back, we're going to touch up on digital computers. We'll be right
1: back. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Server Central on Scorp Radio. Be sure to tune into the award-winning Good Morning Farmington High every weekday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. on Scorp Radio. Discussions and interviews that impact the Scorp Nation along with very cool indie music produced by the mass media students of Farmington High. Good Morning Farmington High keeps you hooked up with everything that is Farmington High. Every weekday from 7 to 8 a.m. It's Good Morning Farmington High. Only on Scorp Radio. You are listening to Server Central on Scorp Radio.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Server Central. When last we left off, we were talking about our digital computers. Now let's talk about the ones that we use every day—digital. Well, uh, correction:
3: <laughs> We were talking about mechanical computing, not mechanical uh,
1: analog. <laughs> now we're talking about digital.
3: Yeah, yeah. Now, now we're talking about
2: digital. There is a digital analog or electrical analog. Right.
0: That's a. That's some, a whole different some thing. Something a little bit
2: later. <laughs> Maybe we yeah. can circle
0: back to it. Mm-hmm.
2: We probably can, but let's talk about our daily purpose. Uh, Some of us more than others.
0: (laughs) Ouch. Those of us that have internet.
2: (laughs) We uh, we don't talk about my internet. (laughs) But when it comes to our modern computers, they work off of a digital system. You know, working in binary, C++, with coding, programming, all
0: that. There's lots of coding languages.
2: There is. But they have limitations. Yep. Especially when it comes to stuff like chaos. They don't do well with complete chaos. Like trying to calculate chaos. If you do it, they'll add like some sort of pattern to it, and then we'll see it. You know, immediately. It's not necessarily chaos. It's
3: almost like controlled chaos. Exactly.
0: A human can see what's happening, but the computer has no idea what's going on.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's a that's a great comparison, right? As yes. Our, our our bodies are not digital. We're analog. Yes. Right. Yes. When you yeah. think about How how we're designed and the the mechanics behind that, and we can work through those problems and things. You know the the big thing that we were kind of talking about earlier when we were before we got on the show was my my greatest experience between digital and analog uh, technology is really in the music realm. You know where um, you have an LP record, which now have actually surpassed cd sales for the first time in since like cds were made Um, (laughs) (laughs) almost like 20 we are sorry not 20 uh, like two decades or more yeah it's been a long time because because of that because the computer can't catch all those sounds that are created in uh in, in the recording in the of a record because it's the natural sounds that are being picked up and you can't yes. do that digitally you know you the the best equation that I can think of is looking at a picture you know when you take a picture on your phone now which is just weird to even say like Man, I'm gonna use my strange. phone to take a picture <laughs> of a picture and then get online and send it to some like all that stuff is just crazy to be you know because mm-hmm. I was I was in college when I got my first cell phone and you had to pay for texts. Yes. You know, (laughs) so it was like collect call as well. Right, exactly. So when you look at when you look at the music side of things, but anyway, going back to the picture, you know, there's a point where you zoom in on a computer where it gets fuzzy. Yeah, it gets pixelated, right? And the resolution changes. And so that's why you've seen more and more the increase, uh, the increase of that number, which is basically how many pixels can fit in a small area. The thing is about a pixel is that it's square. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and it's the same thing on cds as the music is turned into little squares because again we're we're talking about that binary system yes where music doesn't work that way and so you lose actual sounds that you can hear live or on a, rec- a record than what you would in a in a digital um, format of any kind there's so.
3: always like a a common complaint of people is that like it doesn't sound—you you have to be there to actually appreciate it.
0: Mm-hmm. You do.
3: Yes. Take it from uh, Media Code in Austin. When we went, when to, we went to our actual
0: concert. Yeah, that was, like, one of the best times ever. Man,
3: I love
2: that. We but
3: have hundreds of songs. They do not sound anything like they
0: did live. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And because they
0: have to use the digital electronics and whatnot to actually try to recreate the sounds, mm-hmm. which yeah. makes it less than stellar. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, it's not just that, because I have experience in both of these, because I will listen to digi- the digital form of the song and an analog, since I do have a record player at home. Mm-hmm. It just it doesn't sound the same at all. And it's like Mr. A said, if you hear something that's digital compared to something that is analog, you can hear that difference. Because it, there's just certain sounds that you don't get mm-hmm. via digital Yes, like Just the uh, like
0: the
3: reverb of a guitar string. Yep. You don't really hear that thing flutter through the air as um as compared to like a recorded sound,
1: right? And, they yeah, they call
3: those harmonics
1: in music. Oh, yeah. yes, Here,
3: here's a here's a great yeah. example. We talking to you, the listener. We sound nothing like we do in real life, right? Yes,
2: <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's true. Especially we've listened to our own episodes. It doesn't it doesn't correlate directly to our actual voice. I sure think exactly
0: I think in the recordings I sound a little bit deeper than I do in a- real life.
3: No, I know for I know for sure I sound way deeper. I sound
1: maybe 5 years older than I do right now. I'm only 18. It would also be interesting to say if you recorded this on an LP <laughs> and you recorded it and then compare the sound of that because that, that would be very interesting. That'd be interesting. <laughs> It'd be hard to do because we don't have, you know, recording on a on an LP is takes a little bit more uh, effort. Effort, yeah. <laughs> imagine, that'd be cool though.
2: Can you imagine if they did record like podcasts on
1: records? start making merch of our podcast on records. (laughs) That'd be cool. But you don't want to have, especially right now, you don't want to have it a digital and then you put it on to a, you need to just be recording it on there at the same time. Yes. It has to be filmed live. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Exclusive episodes.
1: Yeah.
0: Exclusive episodes only for those that buy the merch.
2: (laughs) Only for those that join the Patreon. (laughs) No, not the Patreon. (laughs) Uh, Okay. But that is a point because sound itself is a sine wave.
1: Yeah, right. It's not a square smooth, wave right.
2: where digital computers will always like analog is either on or off. Analog is always going to
3: be a value like, from zero to one or like exactly. from a minimum
2: to maximum with mm-hmm. every possible combination between. Exactly. Like your computer stores in like, say your Ram 32, 16, 12, eight, all of that. The Analytical Engine, in comparison, could store numbers up to the 50th decimal place. Yeah, Mm. decimal. Wow. There's there's a reason your RAM is in whole numbers.
3: So that is, like, ultra-precise.
2: Yes. Down down to the micrometer, basically. Yeah, and it would run calculations like that, too. Mm. By either the inputs of the wheels, like the input wheels, or the note cards that would be fed through it.
3: So, like, um... Actually, wasn't that a thing where, like, people would usually use hand tools and mechanical things more than actually, like, typing it out and calculating it?
2: Yeah, that used to be a thing. Remember, NASA had an entire division of calculators. No, it's not
3: used to be. I think it is still a thing. Like, people will still use mechanical because it's just super precise. Some
2: people.
0: Some people. Especially those that have to be extremely accurate. Yes,
2: Those who have to be extremely accurate will typically want to use a mechanical instead of a instead of a digital system. Because mm. a digital has room for error. But a mechanical system actually has more faults when it comes to that because even a single like for a mechanical digital, a single like manufacturing error or crack or dust can throw off the calculation and you will never get the same answer twice using a mechanical system. Mm. Never. Yes. Even without all those flaws. A digital system will give you a reliable answer. It kind of knows what it's doing. And since it's electrical, it can't be budged via, you know,
1: manufacturing errors.
0: Or some gust of wind or or, external
1: interference. Yeah. So now that we're talking about all this digital and analog stuff, you know, we're we're seeing the difference in what, what they're capable of or not capable of. I start thinking about how much digital space we have created now um, oh up you know, of petabytes when mm-hmm. it was exactly i i again thinking back to when i was in college the first flash drive and that i had and to <laughs> to save things and it was you know i 16 was impossible to afford because it was so expensive you know and and i was using floppy disks and things like that to save work when i was in college that was only in 2001 so yeah Yeah. um, Yeah. so that's interesting to be i'm kind of curious i want to talk more about that yeah absolutely.
2: we will when we come back we (laughs) sorry we're gonna have to go on another break for a second oh that um, was weird server central on scorp radio Be sure to catch the streaming event broadcast of FHS Live. The schedule can be found at FHSLive.com. Football basketball and events that happen on the Scorpion campus produced and performed by the students of Farmington High. Live streamed on FHSLive.com. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at
0: FHSLive
2: on Facebook and FHS.Live on Instagram. www.FHSLive.com. You
1: are listening to Server Central on Radio.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Server Central. Uh... When we last left off, where were we again? Mr.
0: A started talking about floppy disks and how his first flash drive, like 16 gigabytes, was
1: impossible because of how expensive it was. I don't know. I like the sound of floppies.
0: I know. They're therapeutic.
1: So, you know, when, when I – so in elementary school, we had the big 5-inch floppy disks. Yes. And then as oh, you yeah. got – as I got into middle school, high school, we had the 3-inch floppy disks, which were a little bit smaller. Um, and you could hold, you know I, – I can't even remember the – amount of memory on there 25 kilobytes and then then you finally get oh man i get to have a flash drive you know and yeah (laughs) where do you get those how do i find you know now you can get them everywhere and you can hold almost you know terabytes on them them free it's just crazy right yeah Yeah. exactly yeah Yeah, people just give them away now for because it's so easy to to manufacture that but the reason i was asking that is you guys were you were talking about the different levels you know 16 32 and so on and so forth there's a movie called johnny mnemonic I don't remember the year that it was made, but Keanu Reeves is the main character. Oh, of course, he's and, immortal. That can be anytime. <laughs> and in, in the movie, it's supposed to be the future, and the idea is that you can put information in someone's brain, and then they take it somewhere else, and then download it on. So it's from one computer, they stick it in their brain, and then they carry it to another computer and take the information out. It's it's kind of interesting.
0: So but, but, our timekeeper pulled up the movie. It came oh, out in
1: 1995. Oh man, thank you. Okay, 1995. <laughs> thank you. That's that's a long time ago. Um, so the idea was that you know you could store this memory, and and the the whole premise behind the story is that he puts too much information in his head. Mm.
3: 200,
1: I think it's 250 kilobytes. I mean, for the 90 for 92, that is like. Maybe megabytes. What? I can't remember. It might. It, you might be able to look it up. I, but but it's it's uh, it's not very much memory. Yeah. Like this is all the
2: brain can hold, like, which what? is interesting because the entire brain itself has been calculated to be twenty-seven petabytes.
1: Right. So yes. so it just shows how far we've come in our technology and understanding of that digital. So that's why I was asking, like, well, where do you where do where do we stop with that, and 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 how much how how much better is digital in terms of. Keeping out that information versus analog.
2: Digital has been shown to be, like, better in terms of storing information and keeping it reliably, even if it's, like, dropped or, you know, mishap happens. Mm-hmm. Solid state. Yes. The only problem is we are getting to the point where a transistor is getting to the size of an atom. Mm, very true. So these things, the... Laptops. I, I, you can't see it, but there's a computer right in front of me. <laughs> these are reaching their very limits, like physical limits. Yeah. So now we're getting stuff like quantum computers, which essentially is a giant analog computer using quantum particles and Mm. quantum physics. Who knows why? It's a whole other topic. Exactly. But now we're using stuff like that, and we may be starting to work more with analog computers. Just because... They don't really have limits like these ones do. Uh Sure, they're a little bit slower, but they don't have the limitation. Mm. Like, the quantum computer is a good example. It can do millions upon millions of calculations over, like, a standard, say, gaming computer. Mm -hmm. It can do millions of calculations. It can break the encryption that that is already put in within five seconds.
3: But also, isn't, like, mechanical basically impossible to corrupt?
2: It is, but it's very easy to tamper.
3: Well, yeah, you hmm. can tamper with it very easily, but in, in terms of, like, a mechanical calculator or something, you can't really break it in terms of, like, um, putting in, like, a an, an error or something or telling it to divide by zero.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't think about that. You hmm. you can't really break it while doing that, can you?
3: No, not really. Like, it might seize up or it might just return, like, sorry, not possible. Like but, a um, syntax error? Yeah, like a syntax even though, like syntax, are really just only exclusive to digital. Yeah,
2: but that there's that's actually th- sorry. That brings up another topic I've here. I've broken him a little bit. <laughs> yes, With um, the reset button. <laughs> uh,
1: turn the reset gear quick.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> quick. Turn them back off and on again.
1: <laughs> um, Count to ten first before you plug <laughs> it back in. <laughs>
2: Um, right. I remember where I was now. A mechanical computer typically is only one purpose. Typically. The analytical engine was going to change that by being a general purpose. You mean like you would have had these things
3: in
0: your home?
2: Uh, no. You probably would have had these things per city. Per hmm. city. Oh, like kind you of would like have a, like a building dedicated to it yeah.
0: that you would go to to get your Remember, these things, things are
2: seven. <laughs> I like that. It was supposed to be seven meters long and three meters tall. These <laughs> things were not home-sized. <laughs> You would have to live it's in half, It's a wall. Yeah, basically. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you wanted it in your home, you essentially have a double wide stuck to your home. Mm.
3: Yeah. That, that is mean because I live in a double wide. They are not that big. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. But that was roughly the size of it, so. <laughs> roughly, but still, my double wide's not
2: huge. <laughs> yeah, no, double wides aren't that big. But, I mean, they're bigger than a single.
1: Yeah, very true so, I mean literally called it double wide so <laughs> now we're talking about like the size of computers right the first ones again you have you have literally tape that has all the information you have cards that you're plugging in like I I used to play the organ not oh. like the instrument the organ that has multiple keyboards the uh, organ and I, trail not the organ <laughs> not or, not or again <laughs> oh, uh, I did play the Oregon Trail, too uh-huh. and you never you could never get to the end by no. the way, there's always, you get bit by a there's snake, always something. Or something, yeah, there's always something, yep, no, the organ, the instrument, not like,
2: part of your body, not
1: organ. <laughs> anyway, but it was, it was a digital, uh, a digital organ, and you had little, like, punch cards, basically, that you would feed in, and you would let it, you'd hit the button, and then it would, punch through because it was all little pins, you know, and they would pins would only go through the open holes. Hmm. And then, so then like, those sounds would be set on the computer. And you could this this um, this organ you could keep five different settings on it. And it was like that was expensive when to be able to do that when that was first designed. And now yeah. they're you know there's crazy stuff. But but we look at these computers again, the the laptop that's sitting in front of you right now that holds so much information. And looking back at what our computers first looked like, if you've seen pictures of that, oh, oh, I think have. about the original, like the old Macs.
0: Yeah,
3: and
1: think Macintosh. About, yeah, and mm-hmm. also
0: think about the first computer NASA used. It had right? less storage than a Nintendo sixty four that was out at the time, <laughs> and yeah. it
2: put someone on the moon. Yes, <laughs> we have more processing <laughs> power in our pockets and some of us on our wrist yep. than NASA had yep. when
1: they first started. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty, oh, yeah, pretty incredible. That's, yeah, that's uh, cho- it, weird to think. It shows the power of the analog and everything else, though, yeah. because that's... Because the Nintendo 64 game
0: console had more storage than NASA's original first computer. That's impressive. <laughs> and Although, that thing put someone on the moon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Although, uh, Mr. A brought yeah. up the uh, the digital organ. Yes. I don't know why, but that reminded me of like those old like, upright pianos. You remember mm-hmm. those ones? Some of them are retrofitted to take in like a um, a role of like that programming punch card paper.
1: Yeah. Yes. Player pianos.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And there's a there's a heavy difference because we can talk about analog and digital all all day, but the human mind is something that just can't be replicated perfectly.
3: No, not at all. Cause mm-hmm. there is billions upon trillions of like possible paths and neurons firing at all times. Exactly. And also
0: as we learn new stuff and gain more like memories and whatnot, we create new neuron paths mm-hmm. that would be impossible to recreate through a computer. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I, I say that because those old player pianos couldn't judge how hard it's pressing the keys. It was either all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Yep. They could only play certain songs at certain speeds. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you'd break it like a yeah, like yeah. a MIDI
3: nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And you kind of couldn't use the pedals too much, or at least when it was doing its thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But I want to say that— Ooh, audio glitch. Ooh, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. Digital's doing its thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hate to cut I hate to cut this off, and I'm hoping we can talk about this another day because I really love these topics, and there's so much more we can touch on.
3: Oh, they're some of my favorites. I love, like, k- k- tech
2: topics, but that's the whole reason why we made this podcast. Exactly. Yes. That being said, we'll have to talk about it next episode because we have no other idea what to do.
1: To be continued.
2: Yes. Correct. Yeah. To be continued. Well, and anyways, it has been
3: absolutely lovely having uh, Mr. Argot Singer as our guest today.
2: Yes. Thank you. Thank you for
1: coming on. Yeah, it was fun. Absolutely. Anytime.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: we'll probably be inviting uh, more more guests every once in a while, so uh, just say... To to any of the staff here listening at FHS, um, please let let Mr. Curry know if you would like to guest star. We'd love to. Yes, we're taking submissions.
0: Yep. In fact, we already found someone that would be willing to, so.
2: Well, I'd be happy to have him on. Yeah, of course.
3: All All right, right, fellas. Well, let's uh, let's get that outro going, don't we? All right. Okay.
2: (laughs) Thank you for listening to Survey Central. I've been Dakota with Austin North and our special guest, Mr. Argot Singer.
0: Logging off shutting down see you next time thanks again guys
1: thanks for listening to server central on scorp radio
0: (laughs) you've been listening to server central
2: Central.
0: the weekly podcast created and produced by
2: the tech students at farmington high school server central on Scorp scorp radio